Thank you so much. God bless you. And what a warm, warm welcome I have had already. Oh, man, what a great day. And uh, I, I can't think of another place uh, I'd rather be than in the center of God's will, with God's people, in God's house, on Sunday. Wow, what a great place to be. And uh, thank you for the invitation. Um, you know, I, I don't know about all those accolades and all that kind of thing, but uh, I'm happy to be in the service of the King. And I met Jesus personally as my Savior uh, at six years old. And uh, being in the faith, and probably like some of you, um, I, I was given the truth at a very early age, born into uh, ministry family and, and so much, uh, just, I, I, you know, I don't know how to explain it other than just given um, so many opportunities by the grace of God, but uh, I felt conviction in my heart at age six, and I knew that I had done wrong, and I knew that I needed a Savior and you know what I'm really happy to report to you today, because uh, I, I love having all these kids, teenagers, y- young adults, you, you got a great spread of ages here. Uh, Jesus will meet you right at the point of your need. And, and I'm glad to report to you at the age of six, I felt the prick of the Holy Spirit on my little life. And you're like, well, how bad could it be? You know, uh, it, it was bad enough that I felt my need to be forgiven and to change my route. And, uh, and I asked my dad, who had, I'm sure, been faithful to pray with me nearly every day of my life. Uh, I asked him, I said, would you go with me to the altar so that I could pray? Now, was that the first time I'd ever prayed? I doubt it. No, I'd prayed a lot. But that day, something very significant happened. I asked Jesus personally to come into my heart. And you know what? I, I did not receive... Uh, Dan, you know, I appreciate the effort, you know, from God. He's, I appreciate the effort, but, you know, the point of accountability is uh, 12. I didn't hear that. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Well, you got to do more sin so I can forgive you, you know, some big story. You, you got to really get rotten before I rescue you. He didn't say that. You know what he said? You're forgiven. Praise God. I got, I've got great news for you today, wherever you are, whatever, whatever you take away from these simple thoughts that, that I'm going to share from God's word, I got, I got a great, great piece of news for you. God is here for you to meet your need right where you are. Don't forget about that. The Holy Spirit is so faithful. And so I, I come to you and uh, just a flood of memories. Thank you for all that great music. Uh, and, and what a great team you guys have, and, and uh, just so many things. I was, I was raised in a church that sang uh, hymns and, and uh, choruses, and, and at a very early age, I, I was invited to, to share my music, and, uh, in a, and I've done so through the years and trained and, and all of that. But uh, when you sang those songs, I thought about a trip that I took, and I used to go to a college and an academy in Westfield, Indiana, called Union Bible seminary back in the day, but it's now Union Bible College. I was with a group of people, and we traveled uh, as, as youngsters and, and uh, kids, and we had the opportunity. And, and there was this town, maybe some of you have heard about it. It was a strip mine town way back that had actually completely went out of business as a town, but they had one church left. And the very first um, 
uh, opportunity that I had to travel from Indiana over into Ohio for ministry at 16 years old with a group of kids to sing was in Santoy, Ohio. Anybody ever heard of Santoy? Okay, Santoy, Ohio. And, and we pulled up, and honest to goodness, I thought it was a setup. I, we drove back in the country so far. I was like, you know, I don't know if I'd watch too many movies or something, but, you know, it was like I went back there, and we pulled back this, this road where houses used to be, and there were no houses because they had all either fallen down or burnt down or been torn down. And I, and I thought, oh boy, you know, this, somebody's corralling us back here. <laughs> we might be lit up, you know, uh, it, like we don't want to be. Long story short, there was one church and we pulled up to it and the fire of God was in that place. I don't know where all the people came from, man. They came from all over the place. And God met with us that weekend. And it was a powerful weekend. Um, I wish I had time to, to tell you the whole story, but on the same weekend, we were almost all killed on the return home because our car flew off the road. Uh, the driver had fallen asleep, and every one of us were rescued that weekend. Our first weekend and nearly our last weekend in ministry, and I can tell you today that we're all serving Jesus still, and most of us are in full-time ministry still, but it happened just about 30 or so miles from here as I was kind of looking at my map. All those memories flooded back. I've been happily married uh, going on 37 years. I, I didn't even know I was that old yet, but somehow, you know how it goes. Time flies when you're having fun, they say. And my wife is from Centerburg in Sunbury, just north of Columbus. And, and I used to come over uh, at, to a camp meeting in Mount Gilead, Ohio, drive all the way from Indiana. And uh, so lots of roots back, back in the day. And, and eventually I was just uh, so amazed to, uh, to, to have my wife and uh, now we have two kids, and I get to serve with one of my kids, my uh, daughter and, and son-in-law, pastor, uh, the Connect Church in Delaware, Ohio, and I serve with them. But uh, also, uh, my son is uh, coming out of Special Forces soon in the Army, where he's been serving, and uh, he uh, also has a wife and kids. So I've got six grandbabies, and just to give you a little bit of background, uh, we're our family uh, has been in ministry, and we continue to serve uh, this great country in gospel and guarding, we call it. But, uh, but the bottom line is, Jesus has to be first. Jesus and his word, the word of God, has to come first. So much today, as we know, is going on in our world uh, so many mixed messages and so many mixed um, opinions and so many voices are speaking. And I'm just amazed at what I hear uh, a lot of times. Uh, I'm a fairly logical guy. Anybody else kind of logical? You would just say, I, I, I kind of think things through in a logical manner. Anybody like that? Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, not everybody thinks like that. But I found that, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, I may even write a book about it. It's so significant in my, in my world uh, that logic has left the building. <laughs> they used to say when Elvis was in concert, Elvis has left the building. You know, that was a big deal. Well, logic has left the building. I, the rightful progression of foundational thought, what may seem so simple it seems like is not even present or involved. What is isn't, and what isn't 
is. It's just a back and forth piece of confusion. As I've been praying about today, and, and uh, Brother Tim, thanks for reaching out and, uh, and uh, the committee, and, and just, I'm so honored. I, many of my friends, I understand, have, have spoken here, and so I, I really don't feel worthy to be here uh, looking at that list, but uh, I'm so, so honored to be here today. Bringing the Bible, bringing the gospel, the story of Jesus back to the center of society, of family life, of the business world, whether you're in nonprofit or for profit, wherever it's at within the schools. Obviously, day to day, I have the privilege of serving with my team to bring release time. And you sound like you've heard of that. And uh, Joel does such a great job with uh, all, all that he does LifeWise. And School Ministries Ohio is a, a longstanding national group. And, and can I tell you, the state of Ohio is the leading state that offers release time across our country to this day. Some have been serving kids for decades, up to 100 years. We have at least a couple programs that have been doing this during the public school day giving the option for kids to come off campus and be served with the gospel and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good to know? In a day where it seems like everything else has failed or moved away, the center of opportunity for, the, for God's word and his truth is still right in front of us. You know what I found out, though? About 5% of the people in our nation know about that. That's still the running standard. About 5%. They either thought it... It, it trailed away or became illegal or for whatever reason. And I'm not here to preach about that today, but the centrality of the gospel is what I am here to talk about today. The center of the word of God being a part of our daily lives, that we meet Jesus personally, and he forgives our sins personally, and then that we begin to live lives that please him by the help of his Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I'm encouraged today. I, um, I've seen uh, a lot just in the last uh, few months of, of how the momentum uh, of these efforts in the schools and with churches and uh, a lot of other people being involved in sharing their faith again. Uh, I know for many years it was kind of unpopular to kind of be out on the stark edge of sharing your radical faith. Or just kind of being normal, and then if people could somehow find out about it eventually, that might be a good way to approach it. But you know what? As we all know, Jesus makes a real change. And when that change comes about, it's pretty hard to hide it. Matter of fact, it's, it's really impossible to hide the work of God in your life. But when he is shared, when you simply lift up the name of Jesus... When you brag on Jesus, that, that, that's one of the things I've taught my youth groups. And, and those of you that don't know me, I've spent my entire life in, in youth ministries and new generational, new gen pastoring, they call it now. But I've given my entire life, and what a privilege it's been to look at each new generation from when I was uh, to where now I have six grandbabies of my own that all have friends. Uh, my my eight-year-old uh, granddaughter came the other day and she was a little younger when she said this and, and she was telling us something and she said well Papa, me and my crew me and my crew I went what? she was actually talking directly to her dad with all due respect and, and he said well you and your crew better listen up 
<laughs> and the truth came right back to the center. So you and your crew, no matter what that is, I tell you what, the good news is Jesus is timeless and eternal. And when he is lifted up, guess what? It takes the pressure off of you and I. That's not our burden. He said, if you lift me, if I'm exalted, I will draw all, all, the key, all men and myself. What a beautiful, beautiful note. I direct your attention today, if you care to follow along, to Joshua chapter 3. You probably recognize uh, this and uh, very familiar. I'm going to actually read just a little bit to get our minds thinking. And uh, with your permission, I may read from uh, ESV today, if that's okay. And uh, it's crossing the Jordan, not to be mistaken with the Red Sea, but uh, this is a, a, another, another account, and we're going to dive in chapter 3 of Joshua. What a great book. And uh, would, would you do me a favor, just uh, in honor of God's word today, would you stand as we read? Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance, about 2,000 cubits, between you and the ark, and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. God, we thank you for your eternal word. We thank you for the privilege to be with your people today, to read it, to proclaim it, to preach the word. And God, we thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is so faithful So I just pray that you would trim my words. Lord, give me wisdom and discernment to share what you've given me today. And may you be glorified. May you be raised so that you draw us close to you. And may not one person leave here or live streaming with us without being impacted to draw close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Well, they tell me there's a big game happening today. I don't know if you're a sports fan or not, but uh, uh, some, some of the central messaging of our society, you know, they pick sides. And depending on, on what sport it is or what it is here, uh, but uh, I, I really don't have a dog in that fight. But, uh, I, you know, on another level, I'm a Colts fan coming from Indiana back in the day, and we just don't have any hope these days at all. But, uh, but hey, I've heard a lot of messaging. Every time I would flip the TV on or if you listen to radio or just talk in the streets, somebody's picking a winner. Somebody's talking about what the best play would be or who the best quarterback is or whatever it is. And, and I found it in, in, uh, in our world, in our society, we're driven by entertainment, aren't we? Everything's kind of about a screen or what's on the screen or who's on the screen or in this case, who, who's doing uh, you know, the halftime show, God forbid. All the different things that are central to the discussion and certainly with all my young friends, they've captured, it's captured their mind and their hearts. In many cases, some of the statistics that we're reading still, uh, 
just burdened me greatly that uh, near 80% of young people, kids that are raised in the church, in the faith, by the time they go to college, usually have walked away. Wow, walked out of church or don't want anything to do with that. I hope those numbers are off, actually. I, I'm, I, I hope they're off a bit. But you know what I found out is uh, as I move around through this state and across the country and, and been privileged to, to share around the globe, in our country, because the word has not been kept central, because Jesus has not been positioned centrally in education, possibly even in church, and certainly within the home. We find ourselves today grappling for anything we can do just to get a hearing with every age. Since COVID, it's been pretty tough on many churches just to gather gather the faithful back, let alone reach out to the lost and the undone. The story we read about today, certainly a, a poised story of the change of leadership, what was yet to come. Uh, You know what I love about the atmosphere that was in this house and is right now is there there was anticipation. I I love that. When people come to the house of God and they've prayed, I can sense, I can feel it. When people come to the house of God and they're they're looking forward to hearing the word. And and I heard it several times before I ever even came up front, uh, anxious to hear what God's given you today. Oh, I love that because the anticipation that God is still willing and able to meet our needs is the central focus that we need to bring back. I find in this story unfolding, Moses had passed off the scene. You know all the introduction and the context of everything. And, uh, and, and those days were past and they had wandered about. And now Joshua was in charge and And uh, I do find it a little bit, before where we began our reading today, I find it a little bit interesting as as he was the leader that the Bible says he secretly sent some spies. They they knew where they were really supposed to be. They had missed the mark. And and as is commonly the case as we read the Old Testament, God's family, God's kids, they were just on a roller coaster ride of disobedience and obedience and in and out. Well, now they were on the rise back to where they should be where they could be, what God had ordained them to do. Wow. But Joshua secretly sent some spies over, and you know that story well out of of, uh, chapter 2. And they made their rounds, and awkwardly enough, they spent the night in a prostitute's home being guarded and guided. And, you know, wow, that, that this story would be so epic. But then they're back. And the story where we began our reading today was the next morning. Uh, I would challenge you, we don't have time today, but uh, look in Scripture at when the Bible says, in the next morning, or the next day. Count those up. Uh, there's a lot of things that are coming just around the corner. Could I pause long enough to say that I believe the Word of God that I'm sharing with you today is specifically for you today? Um, I've not preached this in this way before, but I, I'm, I'm sensing that God has some brand new things for this group of believers just around the corner. I know we have great histories here. I've heard just briefly some of those and, and all the context. And wow, what a great time. You guys have a camp meeting, I've heard. And, and so many amazing things. And, 
as I drove over here from Delaware today and approached into your neighborhoods, <clears throat> you know what my heart said? Oh boy, there's so many opportunities. Look at all these houses that have real people and real needs in them. Look at what God is about to do. I don't even know what that looks like, but I've got a great message for you today. I've got great news. Just as God had planned out in all of his faithfulness to his people back in the day. No different is our God in this moment. If you're listening in today, I would just simply say, God has a plan for you. Where you sit. You might even be in the hospital. You might be somewhere else. Maybe you're catching up to this after the fact. God has a message for you. It's the centralness of Scripture, the centrality of God. And and I look to it because we have a lot of things that draw our attention, and they become the center of our life. Someone well said, I, I don't know who said it, but you can tell what the center or the valuation of a person's life is by looking at where they spend their time and where they spend their money. Wow. You put the crosshairs of those two things on it, And you pretty well have an evaluation of what the center of their life includes. Well, God had spoken very clearly in just the context we read. The very first thing I'd like to say is that that, uh, God spoke and gave a deliverance plan directly. He gave it directly. We 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 don't have to wonder about the fact that God wants to speak to us directly. I know that uh, that was probably, um, you know, part of Joshua's training. He had observed a lot in the context of these stories in the scripture. A lot had went on, and, and, but God's voice was so important that it took the central place of everything else. Can you imagine in that new line of leadership, um, in, in that new duty that he had of, of taking on all that was given to him in, those, in that amount of time and with those circumstances, the weight of leading thousands and thousands and thousands of people, literally like an entire city that's on the move. How do you manage that? Well, God had given a direct plan. God spoke and gave a deliverance plan. Let me read a little bit of that. Verse 7, the Lord told Joshua, today, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. That had to be refreshing news. The direct command of God came to the leader of God, for God. And in his time, he gave him this affirmative statement that said, today. Could I just echo that some several thousand years removed? That today, today, God has a message and a plan of deliverance for you. Whether you're seating, uh, seated there, whether you're in this house, and maybe you find yourself lost, you have never given Jesus your life. I- I've got today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God speaks to you his redemptive invitation to come and repent of your sins. But I would say many of you have given your life to Christ. My observation would be that this is a great house of faith. Many have passed it on for generations. And and, and that's why we have a great mixed age group here because it's been important to you to lead generations to Jesus. 
But I would say to you, today, God has more and a deeper walk and a further unfolding that will impact your friends and your neighbors and this region for Jesus Christ today. Joshua listened. And in that command, he heard these words from God. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. And when you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a a few steps into the river and stop there. Wow. That was quite an assignment. If if you were a part of their world, um, you know, they, they were up against flood stage season. As, as the Bible tells us later on. Uh, there were a lot of things that uh, just in family life, does, does anybody ever have challenges in your family? <laughs> yeah. Oh my word. Has anybody been sick recently? Oh my goodness. And, and the challenges, does, any, does anyone ever have someone that you're in disagreement with anywhere? Yeah, a couple of people there at, at business or maybe in the neighbor, maybe it's your neighbor. Anybody ever had a neighbor that kind of bugged you a little bit? <laughs> oh man, they just built an eight foot fence, you know, and, and now you don't even see them ever again. Or, yeah, I don't know what all was going on in this community of believers, but I guarantee you they were human just like we were. And man, were there problems in the street. I can't even imagine all, you know, all the counseling that needed to happen there or, or whatever else they were up to, but there were a lot of human problems, behaviors and However, their scholastics and, and, and the repetitions of their readings and how they pass things down. There were a lot of stresses. Can you imagine trying to, trying to capture your family unit <laughs> when, you're, when you're in the midst of wandering around endlessly without direction? But now, today, God has spoken. And he said, I want to bring definition back. I want to bring the centrality of the voice of God back. Well, the representation of that, obviously, the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the artifacts of the holy and and the things that represented God and his presence was all part of this plan. Wow, I love that. He said, give this command to the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant. I tell you, we need a rise today of spiritual leadership like never before. We need people to commit Dad, mom, grandma, grandpa, business leader, church leader, pastors, we need people to recommit to listening to the voice of God today that's embedded in truth, that houses the very presence of the living God, that we could carry that back to the center of our culture. Wow, we need it here like never before. We used to call that revival. You guys have revival still? The revival of God's word and the revival of God's spirit. And I've been privileged to be in many of those and sing across the country and and all, all of those things and preach his word. We need a revival of God in the center of our lives. As we move today, it went a little further because he was asking them to actually get into action. Wherever they had been reserved or, or even gotten comfortable maybe in a, in a few days or, or months, wherever they had been, he said, I want you to take a few steps into the river. Now, now again, that doesn't seem very logical. 
But in order for them to get where they needed to be, the promised land, uh, there was a mark that was going to cost them. Uh, could, could I just readily re- remind you that to get to where you need to be with God, that promised land of his presence and his plan, that there certainly will be some things that look impossible to you. If you're a sinner today, your sin is bigger than life. It's captured you. I, I find many people that are hopeless and helpless. They don't have a plan, and, and they just are at the very bottom. They don't have any hope. There's hope today. Jesus is that hope. But for we as believers that may have lost sight of what we need to be thinking about, the focus of our lives, and, and we're meandering about, kind of lost in our own trivialities, I would say today, look to Jesus now and live. Get your sights back up and on the very living word and the presence of Jesus. I can promise you without any reservation today, as God's messenger in front of you, that when you put him at the center again and you seek his face, he will be found. He will be found. Talking about release time, I uh, obviously don't get to work on the front lines of that so much as build the leader's and start the programs, and fund the programs where we scholarship. We don't charge for what we do. Uh, And uh, there are many different ways to do it, but we don't charge for our services. We scholarship people so that they are empowered, and we give the training so that they could offer release time to precious young people, K through 12, here in our state, but all across the nation. Well, in Delaware, it took five years, but we finally got permission that, it, that at one school, the elementary school, they said, we'll give you one grade, and you can test pilot one grade. Long story short, there were a lot of uh, people that, that obviously try to suppress and confuse and, and, and not legitimately allow, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, we ended up with one student. We, we got one student signed up, and that's okay, because you know what? God really cares about that one fourth grader. He really can't. A lot of people might say, well, you've got to have at least, you know, a quorum, some five or 10 or 20. No, 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 one in all of the city where I live has now been allowed to be released on Thursday. And you know what? God has a great sense of humor. I got to just tell you, um, this particular student is the baddest dude in town. You know what I mean? Not the class clown. No, this is like the dark class clown. Like he wants to put on a show and then hurt you. Like he's that kid. Over and over again expelled. Over and again. We, our, our senior pastor, my son-in-law, showed up at McDonald's the other day in our town. And guess who was in the middle of a big ruckus? That boy. And the cops were there. As soon as the pastor showed up, his face changed a little bit because he knew God's given us the opportunity to minister to this little boy for the last few months. And guess what? It's worth, he comes every time willingly all by himself. And we get to tell him the story of Jesus. Bring his center back to his life because uh, months before that, he, he was in our neighborhood and he said, hey, could I, could I look in your church? He'd never been in a church before. That's what he told us. He said, could I look inside your church? We were like, yeah, come on, dude. Come on in here. 
And, and he was looking around he, that, that next Sunday after we had invited him in. He had, he had his, he had a smartphone, fourth grader, had his smartphone. He was, he was videoing everything in the church about on the second row, you know. He was checking out this new world he had just dipped into. Fast forward a few weeks, God's given us the absolute opportunity to share in his world. And I'm the substitute in case, like at our church, in case something goes down and, and the teacher can't be there. And guess what happened? About two weeks ago, they called up and they said, is there any possible way that you could pause your world and you could come and teach our fourth grader? I was like, I would love to do that. So there it was. Uh, the bus pulled up and they're bust in, all this. One guy, you know, gets the full attention. And can I just tell you, through all my ministry, I've always told our teams, whether it's one or 1,000, they get the full thing. We're not going to act any different if it's one kid or 1,000 kids. And believe me, I've had both. We gave it the full deal. Our old buddy sat there, and he read the word, and he was processed. He began to ask deep questions about heaven about hell, about, you know, how do you get there? All these things. It was like he was living in a video game and he was running the questions which were the mission. And I was the one just trying to keep up sharing truth at the center of this boy's life. You know what? By the end of it, I felt compelled and prompted by the, by the Spirit. I don't always feel that way because people have to progress in where God is drawing them. But you know what I found? Very, very quickly, he, he was ready to do something different. And I said his name, and I, I said, would you? I said, let me ask you first. Has anyone ever asked you if you'd like to meet Jesus and, and let him come into your life? He said, he, he kind of thought about it. It wasn't a quick answer. He, he kind of looked up and he went, no, nobody's ever asked me. Could I pause long enough to say, have you ever asked anybody if they wanted to meet Jesus? I'm talking about you, not, not somebody else across the way. Have you ever asked anyone if they'd like to meet your Jesus? That's something to think about right there. But I felt prompted in that, mo in that moment, and I said, would you like to meet Jesus today? I said, what I'm talking about is, would you just like to ask him to forgive your sin, you know, all that junk. And he has a lot. I, I probably, he has a lot. This poor kid, he, one of 10 kids, one's already died, one's estranged, most are in uh, <clears throat> some other household, in foster care, what, just all kinds of things. And, and he, he doesn't have a regular life. But his daddy's coming to our church now because his son came to our church. Hadn't missed, hadn't missed a Sunday in probably two or three months, whether his kids come along or not. But I asked him that day, I said, would you like to receive Jesus? He said, yeah, I would. And we prayed a very simple prayer of honesty and repentance. And do you know what happened? Just like when I was six, oh man, it's like getting saved all over again. You know, when you lead somebody to Jesus, it's literally like you have come back into the kingdom again. He humbly prayed. And I said, did, did you mean that? Did you really mean that? He goes, oh, yeah. And Jesus saved him. 
I'm going to reserve his name because of obvious reasons, but he's a real person, not too very far from here. How many fourth graders do you think are right around this vicinity? Do we have any teachers, principals, superintendents? I, I work with those people a lot. Yeah, well, you probably know somebody. We got a lot of students here today. Man, I love it. I, lo- I wish I had time to hang out just with you today because I've got great news to tell you. You never need to be embarrassed of Jesus. I'm just saying, like, if you're ever proud to introduce anybody, you know, we all introduce people that are important to us. We're pretty celebrity driven, and I've been introduced to quite a few celebrities, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? People are people. You never need to be embarrassed to introduce Jesus. Whatever age you're in here today, wherever you're at in your walk with God, can I tell you, like Joshua was challenged by God, tell him what I said. Don't ever back up on truth. Don't ever hold it or pause it thinking there's a better day. This is it today. This is it. And we've got to run forward with it because I do know, as sure as this story unfolded and happened with results, that the imminent return of Jesus Christ, however all those details finalize, it feels like we're getting close to the landing strip, folks. If you're ever going to crank it up, And get real about sharing your faith so that your neighbors and your lost family members and your community knows Jesus. It's right now. Today. I got to keep moving. Today, God wants to do something new. So God spoke a very clear deliverance plan. Second thing, the priest and the people surrendered to the person in the place. Read 14 and 15. Well, it comes down there. Let's just pick up at at, uh, at verse 9. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. And today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Termites. No, it's not there, but well, I wish it was. All those ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth. Here it is. We'll lead you. We'll lead you across the Jordan River. That big expanse that they couldn't, uh, certainly, certainly not during flood stage. Oh man, how in the world are we going to cross that? Oh, follow God's plan. It will lead you. That's a beautiful context. All of that, verse 12. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priest will carry the ark of the Lord. That was their job. The Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Wow. And the people actually did this thing. Can you imagine the collective voice? I know you guys are in unique times here at the church and uh, and, and, and looking for leadership and uh, the the pastorate, you know, the pastor and and all the things that will come about which which lead to the vision and and, uh, and, and to to not try to copy what's happened before, but but now see what does God have for us today, that anticipation. It's It's actually a great place to be. 
It really is because God is going to show up and do it. I just want to affirm that today. God's going to show up just like he always does, and he's going to do this if we surrender to what he's given. There's a deliverance plan, but then there's a personal decision and a corporate decision. We're going to do this thing. Can can I simply ask, what's God been speaking to you about personally and corporately? What is God going to do? What is he leading you to? Well, in that day, verse 14, so the people left their camp. <laughs> they, did, they didn't stay in the comfort, the comfort of what they had, they had probably put together with their little campsites and all that. Now, now they were in full motion because they had surrendered. They were listening. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And it was the harvest season as we've talked about. And the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance. I just got to tell you, that was supernatural. I've been around a lot of lakes. Uh, I've been around a lot of rivers. I grew up on the Mississippi River. That's a big old word. Mississinawal River in Marion, Indiana, I grew up, and I was in the second highest property in the entire city where we were at, where, where we lived. But I went down to the river, and I saw flood stage where it could wipe out stuff below us. Uh, you know, if it ever hit my house, like the whole town was gone. Most of the state would be gone because it was really high. We were way above the river. But at flood stage, rivers are really hard to control. Anybody ever been on a whitewater rafting trip? Yeah, whitewater rafting. I've, I've taken as many as 61 kids and, and supervisors down the river together in boats. You want a trip to remember? Hop in those boats with a bunch of kids who've had about a 15-minute training on how to survive death. Yeah, <laughs> and by the time they lock their helmet down and they put their life jacket on and they're given an oar, one, one oar, not two, one. And here is what was really extravagant for me, okay? Hanging out on a river that was at level five. I went, oh, dear Jesus, what are we doing here? What is level five? Level six is not legal, okay? You You die. People die. I've lived in, in Idaho and I've lived, you know, in the Midwest. And, he, and level five is tolerable only if you're highly trained and you're really good at it. And there I was, level fives with a bunch of kids. <laughs> Insane. That's what that is. Uh, whoever your youth pastor is, don't do that. Okay, don't do that. But we were there. We had paid and there was no going back. Our boats hit the water and immediately... We were thrown into a river that was way out of control. I said, oh, could we please live? <laughs> I was pat- And you know what was really surprising? I had to hang one leg out in the training. I went, this doesn't seem right. He said, yeah, everybody has a leg out and a leg in. And you paddle straddling the side of the boat. What? <laughs> like, that does not seem correct because I'm used to, I rode horses growing up and, you know, you, you, it, there's just a lot of things. I need some stirrups here. Where are the stirrups at? There are no stirrups. And there we went down. The first major waterfall we hit, our senior leader, who was in charge of the whole operation, he disappears out the back with his oar. He's gone. 
I'm like, that can't be. I was in the front, all right? And, uh, and, and we're, going, we're going down this river that is out of control. Powerful water. The swoon of every turned, and I looked around, but I did see that somehow his hand was on the back of the rope, and pretty soon we pulled him back in somehow while we're still navigating all this. I mean, we went through flood after flood. Every once in a while, you get that little, that little diminished ride where it went down to a four or a three. And you're like, oh, whoom, only to be thrown right back into the thrux of that river and the, and, and the throes of death, it felt like. We were going to die. I had one boy in my boat. Uh, at that time, I weighed about 280. I'm, I'm a football player. Uh, I, I don't weigh 280 now. But at that time, I, I weighed a lot of weight. So I was on this side, and I had another football kind of guy, 325, 6'2", on the other side of the boat. Uh, there, were, there were at least six or seven other people in this boat with us. Yeah. He goes out. I'm like, there is no possible way we can get 325 out of the water. Have you ever tried to get out of the water when you're wet and pull yourself out? It's impossible, almost. And I said, how in the world can we get this guy? We got him somehow. We pulled him back in. We're staying afloat. Our boat is still up. Like, we are diving through these things. The, the coach, the, the, the uh, guide is in the back, and, and he's still trailing, and we got through it. I'm happy to report to you, as you might guess, we lived. We got through it. No one died. But my respect for rivers really went up. Can you imagine being here? There were no boats. Ain't no helmets. No life jackets. I'm not certain that there was any training, only that God said, hey, I want you to take the ark, which was a heavy morsel of wood with a lot of artifacts. I want you to walk out into the water, priests. You leaders, walk out in the water and see what happens. Can you imagine the stark faith and loyalty that that took? I want to pause just long enough to say, there will be no less of a starkness to your faith and a resilience, parents and grandparents, students, when you stand and mind the word of God and you do what seems to be almost out of, like, logic. And you mind God, I can promise you, dominant things are going to happen. The priests listen and they walked out. The Bible says that as their feet touched the water, the flow of the water, even during flood stage, like I was at, upstream began to build up. We don't have much time to talk about that this morning, but all in all, this was a miracle. The people began to move ahead. The, the, the people began to mind God. And those 12 men from all the tribes that represented and now were enacting the truth and led the ark and they held the ark as the people passed through. Verse 14, so the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were there as it unfolded. Verse 15, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its bank. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance. Wow. And the water below that point flowed on down to the Dead Sea until the river was dry. Do you hear what I said? And the river, the flood stage river, was dry. 
God does the impossible. What is it today that you need? What is it today that God's speaking to you? To the church of God here in Licking County. What, what is God speaking today for us? I want to tell you something. If we'll listen and surrender, I can promise you on the authority of God's holy word that he'll deliver just as clear a set of plans, but the power to complete it as he ever has. Wow. Well, that's an encouragement. If you're encouraged in the Lord today, say amen. amen. That's pretty good. I'll tell you what, God is still on the throne. In the midst of all of this, the multitudes now, thirdly, were saved by faith and obedience into an authentic purpose. And, and don't minimize this word, prosperity. That, that word's been really overused in a lot of different contexts that are not real, but I'm using it in the provision of God in his rightful uh, supply. You see, multitudes were saved through their faith and obedience into the authentic purpose and prosperity that God had given. Can I read this? Uh, verse, verse 15 there, catching up again. It was the harvest season. The Jordan was overflowing its banks. As soon as their feet hit it, we just read that. In verse 16, the water above that point was backing up. Now I want you to flip the page. Verse 17, meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed and here it is, as the people passed by. Where were the people heading again? Where were they going? To the promised land. They were heading on across to mind God for the new day. The new leader had heard the voice of God. He had spoken it. Now the priests, the leaders, and the people had surrendered to the plan of the place. And now, as those guys were standing in the middle of the water, I'm sure astonished. Can you imagine the look on their face? They're sitting there with the Ark of the Covenant with all the rules about, hey, don't touch it, you know, all that stuff. And all these thousands of people were walking by them on absolute dry ground. Can you imagine the surge and encouragement that was within their heart as they had minded God? Uh, let, let me just pause that. You know, as I do with my young friends, I go, boop, that's the pause button. The leaders of this church, elders, I met somebody here that was a founding member. Uh, you've been around, you've seen it all. The new leaders that have joined the team, maybe you're here for the first time visiting as a, as, as a parishioner. Somebody came into church today. I got, I've got great news for you. If you'll surrender to what God is saying today. Personally, I promise you that this house will be full over and over and over. You, you might have to change the schedule a little bit, Brother Tim. The elders, you, you want to see some encouraged people as they've been lifting the load of truth, trying to mind God and, and, and walk on through this? Can I just paint a picture for you around the bend as you've been praying, saints? You've been praying for God's best. It's going to happen as we surrender to the full plan of God Almighty. Today, God wants to deliver. And the masses that are out there, can I just re refresh? If we were to pull back this and, 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 and look just beyond to all the people with all the needs, just within yelling distance of here. 
this house would be full probably at 7 in the morning and at 10 and at noon. You might have to run an afternoon service. There might even be an evening gathering. I don't know. There's so many needs. Statistics tell us that even if everybody, everybody got saved and they came to church, we would still be so short on seating. We would certainly have to be church planters, whether we like it or not. I see a few seats open here today. A couple seats open. What are we going to do? Does God want seats to be open? I, I doubt it. He's not willing that any should perish. What does that mean? I got to take this serious. I'm talking about me. I'm sharing it with you so that we could figure this thing out. Because as sure as I'm standing right here today, talking as bluntly as I know how from his word, we are going to stand before the king of kings. We are going to stand before God. If that doesn't stir something in your heart, I'm telling you something, you you really need to pray. Because I want to not show up just barely eking it out myself, going, whoo, glad I made it. Oh, no, no. I want to take every one of my family members. I tell you what, I want to take every one of my family members. We've all got somebody lost in our families here today. Oh, dear God. Am I serious about that? Am I even praying for them? I should be. Oh, we're all busy. I got it. I got it. What about my neighbors? Am I okay with them not not going to heaven? What about all these precious kids that flood our streets? I'm not exactly sure what all of them are doing at school, but something. What about them? Do they deserve to know him? They do. These priests, as I close today, these priests, they surrendered. They obeyed. Their faith took them to the radical, rugged edge. And they stood in the middle of a raging river with the most sacred box that represented the authority of God in his presence. And they stood there and they saw God deliver. Every person crossed that day. Everyone And it was a great, great day. All the people passed by and they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. We don't have time today to dive into four, but I I guarantee it. Young people, if you've never read this, you, you want some adventure, check this thing. Go to chapter four and see what happened as they took 12 stones and they went to the other side and then built on the foundations of what God had just done. Man, don't take my word for it. I'm just a messenger here, but take the message serious today. If you don't know Jesus, this is it. This this is the day. If you don't know, if you don't know the one who changes everything and still parts the waters, I'm telling you what, this, this is the day today. Those that have music, if you want to play something, that's amazing. Because I I want to tell you today, whatever your response is, you need Jesus at the center. You need truth at the center. The Ark of the Covenant was kind of that recipient, that resident symbol. 
Jesus has come now. We have the full gospel. We, we have everything, folks. We have no excuse. Even nature itself tells us that there's a living God, a creator God, who has given us everything that we need to be redeemed. I'm so happy to, to tell you today. Um, I don't know what your customs are here. I love the altar place. If that's a fitting place for you, these altars are open. I'm certain. If you want to seek there, but here's, here's what I do know. The altar of your heart is where God actually is at now. He's right here. So, so it's not within my power to somehow manipulate that or, or try to pressure you into something, but I know God's been speaking. You know what I'm saying? God has been talking, just like he was to my little fourth grade friend. And when he came into that session, he had very little idea that day that he would meet the king. And he did. As I'm talking to you today, he, he's, he's probably in children's church. And he's listening to more and he's gotten to sing. And they memorize the word of God every week. They come and every student that's in our children's church, they all recite the scriptures and most of them memorize great portions of the word of God from this big. Because that's the center of what will change our very lives. I want to leave you with this. Several years ago, I was called from Indiana and a pretty relaxed spot of ministry. You know, we were in the groove. We, we did a lot of evangelism and music and even church planting. And, but, but there seemed like there was something missing, brother. Some, something was missing out of my young heart and life. And, and you know what it was? I hadn't, I hadn't really fully engaged or surrendered to being able to go and share the gospel with people personally. I hadn't crossed that bridge very well. Oh, I could do it up here. But when it got down to Monday, Tuesday, I wasn't that great at it. And I felt this terrible weight. You know what God did? As I prayed, he called me to the streets of Hollywood, Florida with one of my best friends. Gave us a little church there that was nearly closed. I'm only bragging on Jesus today because when you pray and say, God, would you allow me to share you with somebody? Would you allow me to brag on you? Would you allow me to change a life about your message and share it? He'll take you serious. We found ourselves in the streets of Hollywood. Gangs, prostitutes, drugs, you, you, you name it. It was, it was the, you know, the banner of evil. And God began to move as we shared his truth. God began to change lives right out of the streets. And, and, and I had the amazing privilege to go to the high schools and pray with the football teams. And, and, I, and I would see just a mound of people. Um, one particular day, we challenged them, our young people. A lot of them were football players from the team. And, and I was leading worship that day. And I said, hey, on this particular day, I need 100 teens uh, in the house at the 11 o'clock service. This church, this church, to tell you the truth, only seated 200 if you were packed. Maybe. Had outside bathrooms. Man, it was, it was rough. South Florida, it was hot. Oh, it was hot. And we got in there, and I told him, I said, by the time I get done leading worship, I'm challenging you to have 100 teens to hear the voice of God today as the word is preached. 
I got up and I got a little note. Somebody ran it up to the side, one of my teens. And, and on the note it said, hey, hey, we have 89. We have 89. Is that cool? Because we had another contest and, you know, they were going to get to make fun of us. And co- Actually, I'll be honest, they were going to bleach our hair blonde just like the surfers back in the day. It was, it was the real deal. You know, senior pastor, me, they were going to bleach our hair out, whatever. But they were going to hear the gospel that day. And I said, no, 89 is not enough. Sent the note back. And by the end of worship, I looked up, just like you've led today. There were several that disappeared. I, I saw several young friends of mine disappear. I'm talking high schoolers, junior high. They went to the streets. And we counted right after, it was like 10, 15 minutes later, 102, 102 kids were in seats ready to listen to the word of God. Praise God. I, I unleash, hey, don't be afraid to unleash this generation, by the way. Challenge our young people to greatness, our kids to greatness. They hold the power. They, they hold it if they know Jesus. That day, people were saved. We watched the top drug dealer in the whole community give his life to Jesus. He had brought his girlfriend of six years. They had been arguing over the fact in their home as drug dealers that they should tithe. He was raised in the church and he said, hey, I'm telling you what, woman. He goes, you tithe and God will bless you. This is a drug dealer talking. He shows up in that service and God just blew him away. He's down here sobbing, repenting of his sins. I'm telling you what, they're here for the taking, guys. We married him to that woman. They had, they had uh, a, a son uh, named him Justice, of all things. He's in college, Central Florida University right now. But they're sharing the word of Jesus in the streets to this day. Oh, I'm not there anymore. God called me on to other things, and here I am, over here in Newark, Ohio, Licking County, proclaiming that same truth. But I ask you today to consider... As we stand together, I think in honor of God and his presence and his word, he's spoken. The question is, have you surrendered? Because the obvious formation of this is he will deliver us. God will make a way and he will change lives. Dear God, this waiting congregation, every age represented here, you know their hearts. You know why this message was to be preached and we thank you for this word and Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit's here. As we all realize, I I can't change anything, God, but we just lift you up in this moment to say, Jesus, we surrender to you. And God, as we consider our own way, whether people seek you at an altar or right where they're at in their own seat, God, today, would we put you and your word at the center of of our lives today. May you be glorified. May you be magnified as we take the next few minutes to receive this message. Let's, let's sing something. If, if you have a need and you want people to pray with you, this altar's open. God's presence is here. And as they sing, go right ahead. God is here to meet you. Amen. Come every soul I sin oppressed There's mercy with the Lord Yes And He will surely 
God, I just pray that your presence, that you have spoken through your word. I pray, Lord, today that all of us would take this message as we secure your word. Lord, forgive us for for the times where we've not made it to center. We've tried to find our own way or tell somebody our own thoughts or theory or philosophy. God, forgive us for that. Help us like never before to return to the center of your word. I pray for that lost one today that may be there and and they're being compelled to just pray. They're just saying, God, I want to be real. I want to make this real today. God, touch them as they repent. I pray for every believer in this building today that we would not walk out of here the same, but that your message would catapult us into a lost and dying world. Help us today to share who you are, to be a reflection of who you are, and to offer your salvation full and free. Lord, this is our prayer. Keep us ready for your soon return. We know, we know through Scripture you have told us for years and years what the plan was for salvation, but that you would return again. And you will. Just as sure as you've done anything else in keeping your promises, You will return again. So I pray this today. Keep us ready and active for your soon return. That we can lay all of this at your feet in full surrender and worship you throughout eternity. We're looking forward to it, God. Help us to be faithful in these days. And we pray it in the matchless name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen.